All right, our guest today on the Plumber Five podcast is Nathan Bishop, who is the safety manager for the Master Builders Association of SA. Thanks for joining us, mate. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Now, mate, for just for a bit of context, can you just let us know a bit about your background in um, safety in the workplace and also about your role at the Master Builders? Absolutely. So, been a month in with uh, this role with Master Builders, and and yeah, I'm honoured to be here today. So, thanks very much for the opportunity. No to worries. Have, have thanks a bit for of coming. A chat, and I'm pretty impressed with uh, how you guys have got it all set up <laughs> and how we're, how we're going about it today. But yeah, basically from safety, you know, I've I've pretty well uh, uh, lived and breathed safety for over 20 years as a commercial diver and and using that with years of work in in mining industry and and also uh, construction here in Adelaide. Safety has become uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, a daily part of it's. It's not just in your daily work; mm. it's in life in general. Mm. So basically, my whole belief in that uh, from the t- from the time we're born and we're born into this world, we have parents, we have guardians to guide and coaches, and you know, don't touch the iron; it's hot. And, uh, right through to the you know uh, the later years in life when we're you know either at a stage where we're having someone look after us because of uh, health issues or what it may be. There's risk management in everything. Uh, common occurrence that we would be reading about daily is the uh, current road. Uh, road uh, toll mm. within South it's like Australia. Double, mm. doesn't, yeah. it, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's tr- terrible actually that, to even think uh, that in today's day and age, with uh, better, safer roads, uh, the vehicles are far greater safe than what they mm. were years ago. The amount of uh, advertising, the amount of police presence, uh, we're still faced with mm. with what we have. And basically, at the end of the day, we are a human being, and we have we haven't got those instincts in, ingrained in us to be able to protect us where there's fear or, or danger present and uh that incompetence of the human through complacency at times is is what not only needs to be monitored on a work site or uh if you're not uh, careful out in the, uh your day-to-day mm. whatever you may be doing it could be a weekend uh, things can happen which can ultimately change your life forever so mm. the risk management of, of how we live and, and how we go about it from the food we eat to the the, the what we drink and, and, and how we live it with the fitness and whatnot. It's also a big part of, of, mm. of risk mm. management. And mm. So it's right across the board. It's, uh, uh my, my, uh, interest with it has you know, got to the stage where I've, I've been fortunate about being able to work in it now for close to 20 years. Uh, and I'm passionate about it. I'm passionate to ensure that, uh, the younger generation, are, uh, adopting the right techniques and, and, uh, the skills to be able to yeah. uh, then pass it on to, uh, other people. Mm. And regardless of generational gap, there's just a big, it's just, it's, ne- it's forever, uh, changing. But the thing is we have to keep constantly, uh, challenging and, yep. and measuring ourselves on, sure. on it because, because it's changing and it's changing at a rate of knots. We have to try and keep up with the program. So, mm. yeah. And like you said, I'll let you go next Luke, but that is true. What you said is like a workplace accident can change your life forever. Mm. That is a good point actually. It is, uh, the domino effect from that, you know, I, uh, I lost an uncle to a workplace accident and, and then seeing the, uh, the domino effect through, uh, my father, you know, becoming crook because of the stress and worry of, of how his sister was going to, you know, undertake the business with, uh, uh, the requirements around that. So the domino effects that can, uh, will, they do happen mm. from a workplace incident mm. or accident. And it's regardless if it's at the extent of the loss of life, but even, you know, right down to the minor lost time injury, the, yeah. the, the ability to be able to get back into that, the groove of, of working in mm. and, and getting in that program is paramount and yeah. it's something that, uh, yeah, with the programs that we've, I've been involved with and the, and the larger companies I've worked with, it's given me a good understanding that, uh, mm-hmm. uh, being there as a full support for you know, someone, whether, you know, 
uh, and reg- as I said, regardless of gen- generational gap, it's just having that support that they feel comfortable mm. and, and they understand the whole context of being able to get back into that work workspace mm. as quickly as, as possible. Long-term lost time injuries, in my eyes, you know, uh, something that t- few and far between today because the management of the process uh, with good return to work uh, coordinators and, mm. and people uh, offering the support that's needed to ensure the people uh, uh, have got all, all the uh, tools around yes, them yeah. to be able to get back to work. So, yeah. 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 Speaking about before you were saying the recent road, road toll and everything, what's happening kind of now in the construction industry? It seems like there's a lot of new things coming in. What sort of like hot topics at the moment in this construction, but plumbing and Safety is uh, always going to be at the forefront within the construction Mm. industry. You know, the construction industry and the mining industry are pretty well side by side where uh, statistically uh, from years gone by, one would be in front of the other with workplace related uh, deaths or accidents of high Mm. high capacitation. And then, you know, construction industry in front, mining industry. So, you know, one one period of of, uh, the mining industry would be in front. Now, the mining industry going back from the mid 90s when I first entered into uh, that uh, sector as an operations uh, uh, worker before I got into safety was pretty well, you know, Gestapo style safety and it's, this is the way and, and it was uh, ruled with fear. Mm. Uh, whereas today, and I'm a big preacher of uh, delivering safety around around the love, around giving the guidance, the coaching, education and the support of the people that are doing it, uh, creating an environment that's uh, predominantly, you know, walking on eggshells as far as safety and, and the fear that can be created with it is, you know, to me is a bygone era because I have been fortunate enough to be able to deliver safety programs that will uh, not only build culture within the workplace, but ultimately lead to, a, you know, a, an increase in your bottom line for the monetary value of what businesses are, mm. uh, are there for. And at the end of the day, we're all there to make money and we need to uh, ensure that we're doing as, as best and as safe as we can. Yeah. So. Where construction's at with, there's, there's always ever-changing. Uh, working heights is, is a big one. That's going to be... Uh, tethering, I think, is it? We spoke about that a fair bit. Yeah, well, you know... Tethering of tools. So tethering of tools when working heights is, is to me, you know, it's it's a no-brainer. You know, if you're on mm. a scaffold that's six metres or even four metres at height and you're uh, w- watching some scaffold crews work and, and they've got everything tethered off, you know, uh, and it's amazing to watch people work at heights when they've got all the uh, right equipment in mm. place. Uh, yeah, basically, you know, we've all uh, understood what the gravitational force of, you know, something of, of, mm. of small size in oh, yeah. nature, the like, like of a, uh, you know, uh, just a socket head or something absolutely. coming from yeah. Yeah, yeah. 10 meters absolutely. high, can do some hole seri- in your head. Yes. Yeah. So it can do some serious damage. So ensuring that sort of in place, you kick boards and you, uh, it's, it's basically your you site safety is, uh, doesn't just stop with the safety guy. Mm. There's ownership from, uh, project managers to, uh, operations guys. You know, you guys come in as a, as a contractor, you know, uh, there'd be no doubt either, either of you two guys would be doing, you'd have your safety hat on, then you'd have your, your operational front on and the, and they work, they, they combine, mm. it's a combined hat and it's just, uh, ensuring the, the, unco- I call it unconscious behavior. You, you don't need to be told about it. It's just happening, mm. uh, through those eyes of, of the safety lens and, and basically, uh, that's a big part of, big, big part of my focus mm. is, is ensuring that uh, mindfulness with that, uh unconditional unconsciousness where you don't have to have a safety meeting, a toolbox meeting every morning to be able to tell the people, right, look out for this, this, and this, because it should just be coming like you put your left and your right. Yeah. Shoe mm. on each foot. Mm-hmm. All right. It is that simple. And yep. believe me, the safety game 
in this world is the is the easiest uh, uh, game to play. And I say to I, I spoke with some guys yesterday uh, in relation to changes within a safety management system that uh, predominantly will be happening right across the board in the coming months with some changes to the standards with the uh, yeah, maturity of ISO standards and, and the combination of uh, 48001 uh, into the 4501 uh, and how management are going to uh, enforce, not, not so much enforce, but how, what management are going to do to ensure the ownership from them, uh, regardless of whether they've got safety uh, within their within their business because that uh, ownership of that plays a big part of uh, mm. ensuring they're going to be deliver, delivering a safe work environment. So, And that actually leads perfectly into the next question we're going to ask is um, the regulations seem like they change quite often and companies can get, you know, left behind, especially the smaller style companies who don't have the resources to have dedicated, you know, safety people. So we wanted to ask Absolutely. what is the best yeah. way for a company to stay in ahead of the game and so and, yeah even in, just employees as well in yeah, general absolutely so you know from a as i think i mentioned the ever-changing world of safety is constantly challenged and measured uh, and there is standards and, and procedures that uh, have uh, regular updates so you know safe work yes they provide you know majority of all the, all the uh, standards uh, updates uh, through their website okay. uh, also with you know people in my position and and being a, a part of uh, master builders, you know, we, I can offer that service to, uh, the likes of you guys that are, mm-hmm. that are members and, and, and basically, uh, when such, uh, notifications are, are in the process of whether mm-hmm. it's going through the consultation process through, uh, governing bodies until they're rolled out, you know, I can give you a bit of a heads up on where things are at, what, what things may look to be changing, mm-hmm. getting feedback from, from, uh, you know, people that mm-hmm. are in the know at the coalface is, is a big part of. Uh, offering feedback to the likes of the governing body that uh, are looking to make changes, which is uh, also what Master Builders uh, uh, have got fantastic uh, network uh, to do. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and that's that cold consultation process is 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 so uh, so important in ensuring you know the the change to any particular standard or, or regulation is has been consulted in according and and the information that's provided back to the people that are making the changes is there. So at the end of the day, there the changes aren't made to make it difficult make it harder there to you know mm. uh, make things better so it's just it, they're basically improvements on what's been there and, and what they've learned from and and mm. we're going to make sure that the information is in uh, you know yeah. uh, not only uh, rolled out but uh, an understanding yeah understood yeah. And, yeah. and a reason for it, the reason or how how has this changed because uh you know at times people can look at uh well why and how come and look to put up all the i wouldn't say the negative uh you know aspect of it but we'll challenge it yeah. For the detriment of, uh, what are we gaining out of it? Well, uh, adopting it and when something is you know, matured and, and uh, taking it on board yeah. and generally then the, the major changes, uh, there'll be, you know, obviously a lot more time that will, will go into that process. Major changes, you know, the, the spine's really there. It's just mm. a little bit of massage yeah. and a manipulation yeah. of, of, of what currently is in place and yeah. they'll be, you know, pretty well minor changes, but. It's a big part of, of where things are at and, and that's what we've got to constantly look at doing is challenging what uh, processes are in place yep. and making sure that we're moving forward mm-hmm. to a continually, uh, and they could, they could have come from, uh, incidents that may have taken place. There could have been a, you know, a spate of incidents that, uh, may have occurred, mm-hmm. uh, in which, uh, there could have been, uh, multiple people injured or there could have been, right. you know, unsurety on, on understanding. So yeah, just, it's just streamlining the whole process. So. Yeah. 
and obviously it's the responsibility of kind of the management. So in our instance, it's kind of the responsibility of us to make sure the employees and the guys out in the field have all the toys, tools necessary to, you know, be able to do their job safely. And, you know, we find it our responsibility to keep them up to date with the standards. And the, I think the best way to do that is like having toolbox meetings, obviously not all the time, but when something comes out, what do you find the best way to kind of deliver it to the people on ground? The left and the right hand knowing and understanding what's expected, uh, is paramount, yep. especially from, from you guys in a you know, business owner and, and in a managerial position, uh, that's a big part of uh, changes to the standard with, uh, the, uh, safety management systems, mm-hmm. uh, of as many time I've been in, involved in auditing process where we've gone out to audit a particular business where, yeah, we've got a safety management system. They hand you the folder. You tip that folder upside down and what falls out of it's very, uh, it's very little. <laughs> and, and, and from that, you know, working with, with, with many uh, companies that have got something that has been put in place in the way of a safety management system, yeah, I'm there side by side with them to be able to get it to the level that it may need. Most safety management systems need to be, uh, absolutely aligned to the, what the business objective is. Yep. And the whole application to what their business does, whereas some people may, you know, I have seen a, a generic sort of plagiarized system that has been, you know, it looks good in the big folder, big mm-hmm. binding folder, but when mm-hmm. you uh, look to it, you actually have to open it. Absolutely. The authenticity of it really is, uh, worlds apart. So ensuring that the safety management system is aligned to, to how your business is structured mm-hmm. and, and ensuring then who's in, who has the role of, of making sure that those processes are in place yeah. and they're being done accordingly. Yeah, you know, the inventive investigation, or if there was a you know, major workplace incident, accident, whereas uh, the, they're the first sort of things that will be uh, looked upon uh, to ensure that uh, you know things are in place to make sure they're working accordingly. Can I ask what's yeah. the say? Because a lot of people who are listening to this are probably guys who you know might have two or three employees, or they're yes. trying to build. And is there a best practice for toolbox meetings? Like, is it once a month, um, this has to be, uh, like the data collected in a certain way and then sent out to everyone to sign off on, or what's the best pr- process so, for a toolbox so meeting? So like instances, like with what uh, you're running here with a, uh, an organization that has multiple employees that are predominantly at multiple, uh, job sites. Uh, so to try and gather them all together uh, to do a daily toolbox is impractical for the business mm. because the cost associated, you'd be losing hours in the day to get everyone together. So. You know, from where I sit, uh, basically, you know, a weekly toolbox talk, whether it be the Monday morning, a weekly toolbox talk, to, which is your first uh, port of call to be able to uh, bring all the guys together. Uh, uh, it's also good for a ability to uh, give ownership to, to the guys out in the field. The younger guys that may be in a training or apprenticeship program can then look up to the older guys around expectation with safety. And this is all a part of that unconscious behavior, which is then inbred at a culture, at a level of, level of, uh, the, the starting of the workplace culture, mm. which just happens uh, to measure that as far as a return on investment for, for doing that, I wouldn't be looking at, uh, trying to get a return on investment first up for that hour or, or three quarters an hour, or maybe the two hours of the, of the week to, to bring it together. Mm. All right. I'd be more so looking at it as just, uh, to get the guys together. So the left and the right hand is, is well and truly knowing what's going on for the weekly, uh, work process. If there's been an issue, an incident that may have, uh, uh, erased, uh, may have, uh, uh, come to 
before in the previous week, you know, you talk about that. If there was a, an issue with one of the staff that may have had an accident mm -hmm. or an incident that, uh, so preventive measures around that, uh, those safety alerts need to go out straight away to, mm. to yeah, ultimately make sure that uh, it doesn't happen again or, or potential harm that mm -hmm. could be caused through the, the unidentification of a hazard that may be present out there. But, you know, if, if you put a, a program in place where you were doing your, your weekly toolbox talks, and then as, uh, I don't know whether, you know, social me media devices, like exactly what we're doing today out to your work group through a, a text SMS mm -hmm. uh, process to, uh, you know, just keeping sharp on, on the ball mm -hmm. with the, uh, it could be, uh, have to be all written surely, wouldn't it? Like, well, absolutely. Uh, well, the big part about it, it's all gotta be recorded. So basically with your toolbox talks, you'd have a list of all the names that all sign off, to, sign on. Yeah, so, okay. so that, that way you've got, uh, accountability. Listen, we, we discussed this in uh, a yeah. meeting going back in April. So, you know, April in uh, you know, safe work for the month of April is, uh, uh, falls, you know, working at heights. So uh, they probably, I reckon it was well marketed how they've used falls for the month of April, given uh, you, know, the, you know, the first day of the month. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, whether or not you're related to guys that could be on a roofing job today uh, and there could be, a ch ch say, a change of weather's been forecast for today. So the risk assessment that they may have signed on to this week, last week, or whenever they may, done it, may have done it, uh, just being aware to potential, potential uh, hazards that could be uh, you know, encroaching on, on their work for the day. Mm -hmm. So that from where I, I would sit with you two gentlemen would be a good way of an SMS today. Hey guys, uh, uh, expected temperature of 24 degrees, uh, late showers and high winds. Mm, so just being like proactive, hey? It's a proactive approach, but what it, is, what it is, is you're on the front foot with it and then you record that as well. So you record all mm. your, you know, what you're implementing from a safety perspective. Obviously you're going to have your, your toolbox meetings and, and the, and then them, they would be minuted, uh, and you'd file that. So that would then be the, you know, uh, a good start of you building, you know, your, your your mm -hmm. safety management system to be able to, mm. you know, get it to a level of where things meant to be. Discover evidence, mm -hmm. guys stands up in court. So if you can pull yeah. documentation out that has, uh, mm. you know, times, times, dates and, and initials of, of each and every one of the mm. indiv individuals that are working for you, uh, oh, we actually, we have actually discussed this because I can assure you nine times out of 10 in, in investigations and after an incident's happened, oh, I was unaware of that. Mm. Yeah, the, the, yep. the denial. Denial card will be played quite often with the, I was un, unaware of that or I was unsure of that. Well, hang on a minute. Yeah, we discussed this as a business moving forward. Yeah. So, yeah, just around their expectations of what you would be wanting to get. And yeah, sweet. Obviously, like toolboxes are one thing, getting them recorded. What other kind of main responsibilities does an employer have to the employees in, in regards to safety or what needs to be in place? Uh, the work environment is paramount, you know, yeah. like uh, the accountability, uh, obviously, under, I think it's section 10 of the act, the employee, the employees have their obligation to, yeah. uh, ensure that the, what they're doing in, as far as their obligation to not only the, uh, uh the workplace, it, you know, it extends to the environment, extends to, you know, the, the working parties around them. You know, if there's simultaneous operations within a, within a construction site and ensuring that basically they are, uh, you know, once again, who, who's coordinating the information from the team leader here onto the, uh, there could be. You know, some electricians or there could be another, you know, work crew, uh, you know, how's that being formulated from where you sit? You know, you, you two guys may be unaware if you're both working from the office and there may have been a change to the, the, the scope, how you're getting information from a particular builder mm -hmm. uh, that could affect uh, your guys working. So once again, you would have your, your daily chats with whoever it may be, and then forwarding that information through if there's changes, 
the leading hand out there, whether or not you know you, you have an, an acceptance of a, a response for a, a text message and, uh, you know, a yes, okay. If you don't hear from that particular guy, you'd ring him and say, listen, did you see that, uh, you know, sorry, guy or girl today? Because uh, it's massive in, in, in our world today, the, the yeah. amount of uh, females yeah. that are coming into the construction industry is magnificent and it's a good part of uh, yeah. where the construction industry this, really go. I'd love to, I just thought of this question because I'm pretty sure we spoke about it possibly at the contractors meeting. We spoke about women in trades. Yep. And I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you had an interesting point that we, you, everyone's really happy to get more women's in trades because they're more safer. So as a gen generic whole, uh, just coming off, uh, off of a, a project at Olympic Dam with over 38% workforce of female, and they're looking to, that's BHP of course, but obviously the, uh, associated contractors that are working within that, uh, mm. area up there have also you know, adopted the, uh, the, the, the concept in which they're going with uh, female staff. Uh, I was, I was fortunate to work with, with many of female safety uh, professionals in my time up there and, and <laughs> yeah, that you're, you are right, mate. I was, uh, I would probably the attention to detail from a, from an auditing perspective and also, uh, just mm. uh, their way of going about safety, looking at from how we More calculated us, I'd, I'd imagine a different approach, you know, just that different approach in, in, in an industry where, you know, uh, my first, uh, stint back up there and after 10 years was uh, for a, a major shutdown, the major shutdown facility was, uh, also facing the, uh, the COVID, uh, restrictions of flying in there to the state when the, when the particular government at the time was, uh, had been, uh, yep. yeah, entry and exit and the, and the closure of borders. So basically the retention of, uh, our staffing for the timing that we had to do this project was paramount on how we we're going to do it. I was just fortunate that working side by side with, with a female, uh, safe, senior safety, uh, personnel was, uh, just, I learned from her approach because it was good to be able to, you know, she was not only challenging me and I was challenging her. So we learned from one another. And from that, you know, I've built relationships, which now we, we, we speak weekly on, on where things are at in her world and vice versa. So with me moving forward with, into this role and with the, uh, uh, the extended growth of, of females within the construction industry, it's given me a fantastic, uh, understanding of expectation around of what's, what, what's required. So, and yeah, as, as yeah. I think I said to you, Matt, their attention to detail with, whether it be auditing or just on the ground safety, uh, uh, the take top, take five, uh, yep. you know, first yeah. initial hazard yeah. identification risk assessment. That's where I and their, and their uh, visions of looking at it, uh, you know, now one of the, not the gung ho was just a, well, yeah. the, yeah, typical the, roofer, <laughs> nothing the, against roofers, but <laughs> <laughs> the application around it is, uh, yeah, I, yeah. You know, I couldn't fold it, you know, so awesome. Yeah. I'd love to know from your experience, what are the, some of the most common, like mis misunderstood safety things that come to mind, like misconceptions people have, um, not so much around the, from incidents that you might see, not so much around like blatant disregard for safety, but is there anything that comes to mind for you where, you know, it's just a common industry belief that you can do X or the best procedure is X, but really it's Y. And some that might come to mind for me is like asbestos handling. Like some people that you hear say that you see around the traps reckon you can take it out X amount of square meters without a license or whatever. And then someone else will tell you it's something totally different. Is there any of these common misconceptions you can see as patterns? Oh, the biggest one I've found in this industry was, was it wasn't me. 
you know, blaming, putting accountability back on, say, uh, employees, uh, and not, this is not in any way uh, focused at, at your employees, but that they will be blaming management or blaming, you know, rather than having ownership mm-hmm. to what they may have done or what may have happened and what they may have not known. Uh, I've, you know, I say it all the time, I think I've already mentioned if the, uh, risk assessment or the paperwork for the task being done, uh, has had an attempt and maybe not to a level of expectation that you'd expect and through maybe the eyes of a, an investigation, whether it be through safe work or, or whoever it may be, they, if there's, if there's been an attempt and the, the information provided in that documentation is really uh, limited, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm working with them hundred percent because obviously then it comes back to then giving the education and, and the retraining and, mm-hmm. and then the, you know, the, the, all the tools as you, as you mentioned mm-hmm. to be able to facilitate this, but the, the individual that has simply neglected to make any effort, uh, oh, that's my boss's, yeah. uh, that's my boss's problem. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, it's, it's like mm-hmm. hands are going either way, uh, pointing, looking to blame, you know, other people rather than take ownership to it. Mm. You know, that's a sort of, in today's world of, of safety, you know, yeah. that's, uh, to me is as a cop out and that's just, I'd rather look to take ownership for something that you, you may not be aware of, mm. uh, uh, is, is what we need to keep working on yeah. because there's still plenty of them today that believe that they don't need any documentation, uh, you know. I guess there's going to be, I'm probably going to see more of this on, on the domestic front within the, within the, uh, uh house building, uh, within this, uh, sector that I'm, yeah. Yeah, that I'm going to be, uh, uh, focused with and, and yeah, from myself and master builders on there purely as a support to be able to, you know, if they haven't got it, they don't know how to do it. Mm. Um, all we have, we have all the uh, template tools within our work, uh, workspaces on, on the internet for, uh, so for, uh, access of members to be able to use. And if they're unsure, I'm, I'm only a phone call away and I'm, I'm more than happy to assist them yeah. to be able to get it to the level that they need. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Putting the onus on someone else from is probably the biggest, uh, you know, as you mentioned, asbestos, asbestos is a big thing today. Yeah. It's not going away. We've got silicosis now that's, you know, that's knocking on the door. It's, it's major out there with, with the recent 60 minutes, uh, uh, documentary going back some, a uh, couple of, uh, yeah, a month or so ago, mm. uh, which, you know, highlighted it probably to, you know, people that are outside of the industry. It's, it's really brought it to the attention. I know there's going to be a major focus from safe work in the coming months. Uh, can you yeah. tell us a bit about that? Cause that was one of the questions we yeah. got for you. So with the, uh, with the silicosis in the engineered stonework, so a lot of the bench tops that have come into Australia over the past, uh, 20 years are an engineered stone and have a, a percentage of this silicosis in there now. The percentage is ranging well above 40%. There has been a lot of work cover related, uh, incident, uh, injuries that have now, uh, uh, uh fest into long-term injuries mm. due, and, and, and the individuals around this are, are guys in their, you know, uh, early thirties and, and, and guys that are at a, at a, of really? work, at a working percent. age that at a point where they are incapacitated Jeez. to work. So. So it's like it's, acting quicker than asbestos almost. It, it's fine. Yeah, it really is. So, uh, all the, uh, all the, uh, it's, all the results are in, in place there. So, you know, how that was managed when it was first brought into Australia and how they manage it moving forward now, you know, there's, uh, issues around, you know, wet cutting it, there's issues around dry cutting it. Uh, you know, it comes back, it comes back to task-based risk assessment now, you know, moving forward. I'd like to think that anyone that would be involved with this, you know, concrete dust is also the same people have been, you know, managing uh, the controls around concrete dust and have been for quite some time. Uh, 
similar sort of you know process uh, to the extent of asbestos. Probably, I would say it's they're side by side. Mm, uh, wow. You know, so but managing moving forward, you know, and people would say, well, how would how would you manage it? Well, yeah, have you got best practices? You, you know, share? the the safety. Uh, uh, the management of safety around that and, and what's being looked at to be engineered today to try and mitigate those controls out. I, I'd have no doubt there would be companies out there looking to implement uh, devices. So, you know, you've got your extraction and, and then all of a sudden that opens up to say, okay, you've got your extraction devices that take the, the dust off of what you may be doing, cutting, grinding or whatever it may be. Then you've got to, so then we'd uh, use a respiratory protection to be able to clear the, the, the dust bags. And, and then, so then mm. it doesn't just stop with doing the task. You know, you know you've still got to clean up. The, the residual, so you, you're using a, a, a wet cut tool, but then the uh, uh, the water evaporates yeah, and dries out, mud, so, it, so it turns it into the the dry, mm. uh, uh, you know, what it, the dry uh, application to what it is. So yeah, there's there's many ways of going about it. You know, uh, safety uh, organisations would have you know positive uh, airstream helmets and, and that sort of thing. So you've just got to look to you know what's out there and. Using respiratory protection for last line of defence? No, I wouldn't be using that as your last line of defence, but I'd be putting in uh, and dust suppression systems to be able to control the dust and, and or whether you use the wet cut, but then also ensuring that right through that process to you clean up, then you, you know, you've got the necessary respiratory protection mm. in to you know, put in put in as many layers, stages. absolutely as many layers as what's yep. out there. Mm. You know, and I've I've got to, you know, guys investigating ways and means of how we can monitor it and you know dust recording levels and that sort of stuff, but at the moment, it, there's a process. It's there's there's a big litigation uh, case uh, currently uh, in New South Wales, and and I guess the outcome from that there will be some uh, yeah. further recommendations from that. So uh, watch this space. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So just going back to what you were saying before about um, you know, employees, you know, pointing the finger, giving blame. What can a business kind of implement? What's the key requirements they need to you know cover themselves legally in terms of safety? I know that's something you would help members with getting them up to you know up to date but what yeah what are some of the key things they need as i mentioned the safety management systems that uh, most companies will have now you know it's you can start with uh, one one of the things we spoke about is, is the toolbox talk mm. you've got incident reporting uh, processes where yep. you know, it doesn't just uh, it doesn't just start stop with uh, incident reporting when any incident has taken place mm. All right, it's identifying the hazard first and foremost uh, that's in their working environment and ensuring that you're putting controls in place to prevent an incident from happening. Uh, your policies and procedures uh, specifically need to be designed around the business. Yep. Uh, it's all well and good to put a safety management system in place with a business, but if it's not designed around yeah, what the yeah. business, the constraints and the uh, initial time delay, the cost that that can, you know, cost mm. the business. So, you know. So not bringing in like generic safety plans that aren't yep. even specific to the stuff you do. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, you need to get an understanding of, of what your business is, is mm. doing, understanding, uh, yeah, it can lead from, uh, yeah, the use of a motor vehicle. If you've got, uh, a motor vehicle that your, your staff are using for their day-to-day -day tool of trade to get to and to get, uh, from jobs, uh, that, that tool of, tool of trade could then be used after hours for, for staff to, uh, you know, whatever it may be. Their partners may use the vehicle and where you, where you sit with the insurance uh, litigation mm. in the event of mm -hmm. a, uh, a vehicle that could be, you know, being driven by a partner or a friend or whatever it may be. So, you know, just ensuring that those areas are covered and, and understood within, within the business, mm -hmm. uh, and then working, you know, working, you know, 
you would you would align with the state insurance company that you may have a, a fleet of work vehicles and uh, yeah that clause is captured within that yep. uh, that insurance policy to ensure that uh, you you weren't caught from a business level where one of your vehicles that may be under a lease agreement and then all of a sudden it was involved in a motor vehicle accident and the insurance uh, you know withheld their obligation due to not having the things in place which effectively if you took that uh, uh, effectively if you took uh, into account the cost associated with that vehicle sitting uh, you know in the in the crash shop uh, and you're still paying out monthly and you then have to find other ways and means for your guys yeah. to get to work yeah. that that additional cost to the business is 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 you know a massive uh, mm. uh, a massive hurt mm. so you know mm. all those little things putting all the policies and procedures in place uh, based on what your business does uh, and also building that uh, safety management system for your tendering process if you're looking to uh, source larger jobs and looking to grow your business which today uh, from a tier one builder and from some of the larger organizations that uh, look and they will uh, dissect uh, your business to be able to ensure that you're going to work in accordance with theirs yeah, so that's yeah. something else that uh, from a safety management uh, perspective is is also good as well can you just explain the difference between a, a jsa and a swims and when each one will be relevant to so do? so basically you know there's the tha the task hazard analysis there's a jsa job safety analysis yeah, your safe work method statement, which is your SWIMS, your SOPs, your safe operating procedure. So your safe operating procedure is going to step by step out uh, in detail on the tasks that needs to be done and how you're going to go about it. All right. Basically, yeah, yeah, any of your JSAs, uh, THAs and your SWIMS will then have your uh, risk rating of your uh, hierarchy of controls that will be in, in implemented into that uh, document. Mm -hmm. Throughout that document, so you've then been able to uh, identify the hazards and mitigate the uh, risk around those hazards by putting your controlling uh, mm. actions in place. Yep. Now, the likelihood of it happening is what is uh, uh, substituted on one side, and then the consequence. All right. Yeah. So ensuring the likelihood has been identified, and then the consequence of of it happening. Now the 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 chances of the consequence within one of these documents uh, uh, changing is very, if not rare, at all times. So mm -hmm. people argue that they'll put in a likelihood of the control of the likelihood of it happening. You know, the likelihood I'm referring to, okay, as, as uh, this particular thing happened in the last, uh, so I, I, I gauge it like this, the chance of it happening in one of a million, in one in a million mm -hmm. times it's been done as very uh, high, high risk. Because mm -hmm. if it did happen, it's going to, the consequence is going to be of high severity. Yep. Right down to uh, you know, the chances of it happening every day. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Driving a motor vehicle to to the drive site is a chance of uh, having having a crash on the way to work. Mitigating the risk and controls around that. Mm -hmm. How are you going to do it? Well, for one, we're going to make sure we've got a driver's license. Two, we're going to make sure the individual uh, is trained and, and competent in driving a motor vehicle. Mm. Three, we're yep. going to make sure that uh, fitness for work is a big part of the process and that we're not mm -hmm. driving to work under the influence. You know, have we got in the vehicle uh, hands-free uh, mobile phone devices? That's, you know, mo mobile yeah. phones, they're a fantastic tool. They're a fantastic aid. And, you know, we, we simply couldn't function today without them. But uh, also a major factor with the, you know, the motor vehicle uh, incidents that are taking place and the inattention today. Mm. So putting all the controls in place to make sure that uh, we're getting from A to B, just this, this is purely just theoretical, mm -hmm. the, yeah, just to uh, uh, get them there. Yeah. Have, have, from a business perspective, have we managed to be able to provide them uh, everything that's yeah. now with safety, it's a two way street. The return 
from our people, which is their obligation, is being able to deliver on what they yeah. do. Yeah. And their obligation. It's all about offering acceptance. We put the offer to them, they accept it. Mm. Right? How they go about that acceptance is the biggest part from mm. management that you'll find in operating a business. And I've found that through my own uh, staff that I've had when I've, I've had mm. my own businesses. Getting that return of, of uh, the acceptance on the offer mm -hmm. and ensuring that they're going to deliver is what good management's all yeah. about. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, at the end of the day, from a risk point of view, uh, the swims, the uh, JSA, it's, it's all a terminology of the process step-by-step step, and then mitigating the controls mm -hmm. through the hierarchy of control table to show that you have limited, uh, limited the uh, high-risk potential of, of a consequence. Yep. Yep. Does that answer you what you got? Yes. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Working from heights, I heard yeah. us, heard some rumors maybe that they were going to try and bring us into line with other states. Can you uh, speak around that? So yeah, for this month, as I said, Safe Work had the uh, uh, April Falls, which is a, you know, a fall from heights and given with you guys, uh, with the roofing and, and the fall from Asia, I, I witnessed uh, a company it was only a fortnight ago uh doing some uh they were putting a, the timber the, the framing of the, the house was get being built and they're up obviously doing the second second story and you know the young fellas are up there they had the state of the art uh, I, how i spotted these uh, guys that were uh weren't tethered off uh, it was the uh you know the rolls royce of harnessing and and it stood out like a well, have a look at those harness those guys because you know being up being up with uh, with what's out there in the, in the world of safety i spotted that uh, one two three four, five guys up there those harnesses are pretty expensive mm. yeah you know, there's been no uh, stone unturned there mm. to to give the guys the best of the best you know they mm. were they were wearing the absolutely uh but none of them were tethered off to anything no. <laughs> so it was fantastic watching, <laughs> watching <laughs> them play dress yeah. ups yeah you know? yeah <laughs> And with the, with fall from heights today, the, what's out there in the way of portable, uh, tethering devices that can be maneuvered from one side to the other and, and what's in place today, it's, uh, you know, they've got some fantastic stuff out there just mm. for one of them. Yeah. But is it, is it, is it, they bring it into line with the two meters and the three meter yeah, rule? So like that? New South Wales and I think Queensland, it, so when the change of the act was, and I think this was going back, uh, 2010 from memory, I, yeah, I can't, don't quote me on that, Matt, but. No. Uh, so in South Australia, everything's task-based risk assessment. So yep. on a flat surface, if, you, if you're two, minute, two metres or one and a half metres from a potential void, that could be one and a half, two metres. That was what was originally regulated going back some time ago. Maybe two, maybe one and a half, I can't think from memory because it's been so long. So in the east, I'm pretty sure New South Wales uh, still aligned with how it was originally stated uh, in the regs of the distance to and the distance for full. Mm -hmm. So from that, the distance had been taken out and every task being conducted was site-based risk assessment you know i wouldn't want you hanging on a tethered line with a, uh, a suspension strap that could drop you three meters and you only got a meter after the ground so mm. yeah it's just uh, what you're doing how mm. you're going about it but given the role given the tasks that you'd be doing with with roofing work around around the business it's something that uh, it's it has to be a uh, it's predominantly still one of the biggest uh, issues in uh, the construction industry. Yeah, it would be. Uh, uh, mentioning before with uh, with what you said about with what's happening out there, falls from heights mm. is predominantly, uh, and then obviously being in the line of fire is another mm. uh, big big one that it's happening, and and that falls back to the uh, uh, complacency, you know, mm -hmm. being caught in the line of fire. So, mm. 
So working hard and say an incident occurs or any other incident, what's the proper process to report that? So, you know, we're, we're safe or we'll sit, you know, working in conjunction with safe work and, and, and being on the front foot and being proactive with reporting. Mm-hmm. Uh, m- my whole take on it is that it's better to be proactive and, 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 and putting reports through in the event of incidents and, and things like that. Obviously, you know, master builders, we can be there to assist you with, for the investigation aspect of, mm-hmm. if you've got someone that's you know, injured himself or injured herself, uh, badly and which is requiring medical treatment and, and that whole process, you know, we can assist you with, with the return to work and whatever it may be. But basically, uh, at the end of the day, you know, we can work through all that process with the reporting system. If you're unsure what to do and how to go about it. So we can take that, uh, take that, uh, out of mm-hmm. your worry and, yeah. and we can do it directly with safe with like what, uh, in, in the month I've been with the company, I've already had, uh, some good runs with, uh, prohibition notices and, uh, mm-hmm. uh and, uh, uh, improvement notices that have been mm. put on particular businesses with the lifting of them yep. uh, to work with them to be able to get them back to a you know, operating level. So, so just join the master builders as a member, I think is yeah. the, is the one. Wait, it's the way to go. Right? Yeah, it is. Mm. Yeah. When you got Good all the tools, that's no, no. fine. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, actually the, uh, the master builders, um, the portal that has all that stuff on it is super handy with all the forms and, I'm, the, I'm, you yeah. know, all the stuff is just, uh, it's just worth the money just for that. Yeah. As I said, I'm, I'm honored and pretty humbled by the experience to be there and have the opportunity. So oh, yeah, good. looking forward to be working with the uh, guys like yourself moving forward. So yeah, yeah. what they've got there to, on offer is uh, yeah, first class. So, mm. um, and we sort of touched on it before, but we, I guess this is an important topic for us because we did have an employee had a mega car crash, um, okay. end of last year in a company car on the way to work. And so he wasn't technically at work yet. He was driving from home to site and then big, big car crash, um, still unwell from it. And, um, so I'd like to know what is the requirements for an employer? What would you say is the, the base requirements that an employer needs to have in place or systems or policies around motor vehicles? And also what is the employer's responsibility? Because I'll just, I would say that the fact that we got this particular employee to sign off on a motor vehicle policy, which stated a yep. whole bunch of things that actually came to the forefront later and became a super important thing that we did. So I think it's important for everyone out there to know, like, you know, that just giving cars willy nilly to employees. I'd love for you to just touch on, if you could, what things they should have in place. So most of us would be aware where things sit with insurance companies and, yeah. and their insurance companies sit with the, the, uh, the restitution after the event of paying out a motor vehicle. So their process of elimination with who was at fault, the percentage of blame, that's, uh, that's big in today's world of ensuring that, uh, account where the, account, who's going to, where the buck's going to stop with, you know, now it's yeah, say for example, the guys in the license, obviously with the, you know, there's going to be a big issue there. Yeah. Ensuring that your, uh, policy is in place, which details, obviously making sure you've got a license, uh, Verification of competency is mm. another big thing. All right, you've given someone a motor vehicle to use as a part and parcel, but uh, are you confident that he or she may be able to drive that vehicle? Is it, is it a manual vehicle? Is it an automatic vehicle? Mm. Someone might be getting into a manual vehicle that they may never have had mm. uh, any uh, training or, or and they're going to teach themselves how to drive a manual. So where would you think things would sit with their 
That, yeah. that would mm. that would open up one can of worms quickly. I can say yeah. I had a crash because I didn't know how to drive a manual, but exactly. my employer gave me a manual car. Absolutely. So straight away, you know, you know, yeah. the insurance companies are looking back going, hey, what's, what's happening here? So you need to look at uh, purely from a risk management. Like, as I said before, risk managing every task, You as you d develop and design your procedure around what your business uh, does uh, and what the vehicle's involvement with your employee and how they go about it, you know, are they then entitled to have that vehicle, which may be safer? Now, this is pure, just a, an example. So there's a, a four-wheel drive vehicle that's on offer to one of your employees. One of your employees, fantastic. You know, he or she may, you know, be a, a good servant in the company, have give fantastic service, and the return on investment is well worth, you know, mm -hmm. investing a motor vehicle in their day-to-day -day task. And, and by all means, uh, they, sh they should be able to use that with the, supplied petrol in uh, uh, times when they're not at work. Now, that vehicle all of a sudden becomes a, uh, a four-wheel drive vehicle. For example, this is just a hypothetical, just mm -hmm. to give you a bit of a, a thought on it, because uh, this sort of has touched base just recently. So the vehicle all of a sudden is not used other than uh, the uh, designated uh, causeways, driveway, like all your, all mm -hmm. your roads that are sealed. All yep. your sealed mm. roadways. All of a sudden, the vehicle is then uh, the application to what this vehicle is being used for is completely different. Yeah. So, who, where's the accountability sit there mm. in the event of mm. uh, the uh, either the guy or girl takes the vehicle off road to do some off road driving in their time off yep. and succumbs to an, an accident? So, you're saying you yeah. might have it stated in your motor vehicle policy like this Absolutely. is to only be used on sealed roads Absolutely. and stuff like that? Yeah. yeah You've got yeah. to bloody cross every well, T and dot every I, don't you? And that's all it really is. And it's not hard. It really isn't hard. You know, you may you may have seen it with uh, high vehicles, you know, very very hard to get a high vehicle uh, to put on the, uh, to go to Kangaroo Island from Adelaide. Mm. You know, most of the high companies will not have a, a high car that will allow you to drive on, a, on an unsealed road. Mm -hmm. uh, because the, uh, you know, all of a sudden you're yeah, driving on an unsealed road, further risk of accident. Absolutely. Uh, put, uh, is it nighttime that the, the increases of, uh, potential harm and, and the incidental accident taking place, uh, you know, the, the, so they will, you know, stipulate this vehicle something to go on an unsealed yeah. road. Yeah. So all those sorts of things need to be sort of, mm. you know, addressed, uh, you know, in the event of an accident or incident with a police investigation, if there was speed, if there was, uh, you know, inattention, if there's any form of uh, negligence from the, uh, uh, say, SAPOL, for example, and the percentage of blame of the incident, the accident, you know, was with one of your employees, well, then you'd be wanting to ensure that how you've, uh, you know, put that particular information into a procedure that they mm. have read, understood, and have, and have accepted. Mm -hmm. Like what I was talking about before, the offer and acceptance, this is a big part of it. Is their motor vehicle read it, mm. they understand it. Yep, they sign off on it. Mm. Okay, so they're accepting rules and what you're putting so, in place. So. so much of this, obviously, the safety stuff is 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 so is like thinking what can go wrong before it goes wrong, basically. So my question is: Is it probably? It seems like the best way these days would be to use like a master builder's tool or any other of these applications, and you can get where. It, you get like generic policies and then you can, um, from the generic policy, then you can add or subtract things that are particular to your business. Hey, because to start to, to formulate a policy and thinking that everything will thing go wrong just from scratch is bloody hard. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It seems like it must be best to get 
some sort of a generic motor vehicle policy and then add in and subtract things. Absolutely. Any other policy. It doesn't have to be motor vehicle. I think I mentioned uh, having something. Uh, obviously, I look at this purely when I'm looking at uh, a developed document that someone has done from the outside looking in, not something that I've gone in and had a look at. Right, you need this, this, and this. Because putting further constraints on a business from a safety is something that we just simply don't do. We've got to make it workable. Mm. Right? It's all well and it's all well and good to say we've got a safety management system. If it's not auditable, right, and I mean auditable at a level where uh, we can do an audit on it, and we've got non-conformances, we've got non-compliance uh, here, there, and everywhere, uh, something mustn't be working right. Mm. right? Are we getting so you may, you may have invested, uh, say whatever it may be, in me to come and develop something for you. Uh, uh, and in six months' time, we need to measure it. So we've got to order it, right? Mm -hmm. Because nothing's, uh, nothing works in this world unless it's not measured. Mm -hmm. We have to measure it. And, and then from uh, where we measure it is uh, uh, getting the actions out of it to improve it. So basically building something that's going to be workable, that's going to be not constrain the business to additional costs, additional uh, you know, additional areas where mm. it's con constantly you've got non-conformances and you're non-compliant, it's got to be workable and, you know, auditable, yeah. workable for me comes before auditable. Yep. Mm. And if it's not workable within your business, you're just going to set yourself up for failure. Oh, yeah. you know what I mean? yeah. So it's, it's, it's not, and by no means it's not difficult. So what you're saying with the tools that are on uh, our master builder suite for uh, the development of, of uh, safety management systems mm -hmm. is fantastic. Now you can use that and you can go about, as you said, you can, uh, you know, cut and paste and, and plagiarize the areas to develop your own safety management system. And if you're unsure, then you can get the likes of myself out and we can review and, and put things in place from there. But by building these procedures into your business, you don't want to be building in additional, mm. uh, headaches. Yeah. It's got to be know. like fair and reasonable from both sides. It, it is. Yeah. You know. and, and, and like with say, like, let's go back to the example with, with the four wheel drive, you know, that, that would be uh, in agreement between where you are. Now, if you, mm. you, if you employed a, uh, uh, a new staff member and you did not have any idea on how well he or she may be going as far as uh, operational output, you know, you'd have your policy and procedure there. So would, would you put into that uh, procedure that this vehicle was to be driven purely on a sealed road for your insurance purposes? Absolutely you would, mm. you know. And until you got to understand how valuable that uh, you know, staff member may be to your business, uh, allowing them to be able to use an asset, which, uh, you know, an asset of the company, an asset of your business, which quite easily could become a liability through a, an accident. And then all of a sudden you're paying a, a lease agreement or whatever it may be, and you're not getting any, any return mm -hmm. from that particular uh, piece of plant equipment, uh, that can cost business critically. So, you know, until you got that understanding of, of how valuable that uh, staff member may be, mm. you probably would look to you know, work within that procedure and then if that procedure may need to be changed, if that particular individual, whether he or she had a big interest in spending their time and if they didn't have a vehicle and they wanted to use your vehicle, well, then you'd discuss that and you'd, you'd sign off together on where the, uh, you know, expectation would be in the event of something happening. Yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. So the, the common sense, the common sense factor has got to play a major common part yeah, 100%. In, 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 you know, in, in building and developing safety management systems, because at the end of the day, it's not all about litigation. It's not all about, you know, insurance. It's not about. If someone will be in trouble, it's about making sure that where do things fit mm. in the event of, uh, you know, Murphy's law, he's pretty good up there or oh, yeah. you know, mm. to making when, when it's going to happen, yep. it happens. And when it happens, it happens generally pretty good. Definitely. Uh, and just making sure that, you know, it's how that would affect and 
that, that that's just a scenario that I can, that I can think of mm. based on what we discussed, but mm-hmm. you know, like the common sense factor would be, you know, like I wouldn't see too many employees that would want to take the, uh, their work car for driving. The reason why I bought that, the, you know, that was just an issue that mm. it sort of raised with it, with another business that oh, had, had rang me outside. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, my, my take on it, you know, like fair's fair, you know, like yeah. you've got a work vehicle, it takes you to work, you go from work, you can drive it down to the shops, you can, you know, maybe go visit your, your mother or your uh, other family mm. members on the weekend and, and, and use it, uh, for a leisure activity, but taking it to, on a four wheel drive expedition, seriously, yeah. now, you know, like where's yeah. the line in the scene? Yeah. You know, so yeah. What, what sort of other you know, policies or procedures when you're onboarding new staff, do you need to bring in, obviously there's a motor vehicle policy, you would have a code of conduct. Do they kind of need to read all your That's safe work procedures and sign off? Is it all? They have to read everything and then sign off on it? Or? So you guys would be aware, and you would have done many of them, when you have uh, aligned with uh, one of the larger builders and you do your on-site inductions. Mm-hmm. Now, your on-site inductions that the company have provided, whether it be through uh, uh, that you either watch uh, when you go to the, the, the job site or yep. that they may send to you via email to be done and coordinated prior to you getting there just to you know, streamline the time frame. Uh, basically that induction is a breakdown of all their management and hazard, uh, uh standards in one mm-hmm. and basically, so they've identified the potential risk that you could be, uh, uh, that coming to and how that's going to be communicated. So you, you know, you've got an understanding of that before you get out there. Uh, your business would look at building policies and procedures based on what I would just class as management standards because the risk. You, you, you were going to manage those risks into your management standards, which are your policies and procedures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And it's all well and good to have, as I said, you know, a folder with all these, mm. uh, you know, the, the thicker the folder, the better it looks, but we tip it upside down and we might have a procedure there that could be, uh, say for example, uh, emergency evacuation procedure. Mm. All right. But we've got multiple people. So on this site here at, uh, where we're at now, there'd be, you know, a muster point emergency procedure in place yep. in the event of something happening. Uh, is there? There is. Sweet. There is. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. I thought of that. No, no, there is. So that's good. <laughs> but a safe example in, in, in relation to the guys that are working out on site. So mm. they'd be working for a builder who would then have their emergency evacuation. Yep. So you are working under their policies and procedures, which they would have signed off of mm. in their induction mm. process mm. where they have it. So making sure that it's going to align. All right. There's no good if the guys are working at, uh, uh, say, uh, burn Burnside, uh, and there's a evacuation here, and they've got to come to this emergency. Yeah. Up there, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's pretty. Yeah. It's, it's just working in, and and that's a big part of of, of aligning. So. It's, so it's got it's got to be a process of like you bring you know it's the first, they start on the first day. You need to make them aware of all the policies, and then they're, surely they're signing off on something, aren't they? To say yes, my employer has made me aware of all these things that I'm I need to be aware of. Yeah, that's the acceptance. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's the offer. Yeah, the, the offer is that. Okay. It's part of the offer job. Acceptance. Part yeah. of the job offer. Yeah. Uh, so when they want to start mm. talking safety and, 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 you know, believe me, safety, safety, uh, does not come with fear. There is no need to have fear in operating and running a business. If you have, uh, you, if you're accepting to the safety, all right, fear will take care of itself. There is no fear yeah. because mm. you've got it all, all the, all the I's and T's across and dotted. And there will be things that potentially may be missed. And that's why it's continually there for review. There could be new issues that uh, come into play. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to have a, we're going to have a Christmas show here at this, uh, premises. 
how we're getting everyone home. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? We had a kicking the footy Judy, like, Judy, thing Judy, last year. Absolutely. Kicking the footy. Zooming yeah. footies across here and nearly. Yeah. So like, that's, uh, comes back to us. <laughs> That, that, I think that would be a behavior thing. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, just all the little things okay. like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like uh, how you're going to incorporate that within the business. Yeah. And, and, and people go, well, how are you going to get away? Well, in today's side, uh, today's world with the, you know, you could get a minibus, but you know what? I'm going to get to 20 Ubers lined up and, you know, you're going to get them to their door. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You, you got to think, yeah, hundred percent. Because if you're going to put on a, a Christmas show, you know, if you, mm. if you don't incorporate that. Uh, getting them home if it's at this premises. Yeah. You know, mm. if it's uh, mid strengths only or something, it's got to be in the policy. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, uh, that uh, you, you're still providing something that's going to, you know, maybe get yeah. to a level yeah. where they don't want to be driving a motor vehicle. No, 100%. Uh, so. 100%. I've got two, we've got two more questions, but I had something that popped into my mind I wanted to ask you. We'll, we'll wrap it up soon, but no work, no, I don't want to take, make a light of workplace incidents or anything because yep. there is, everything is serious. But have, have you come across any ridiculous, borderline, funny incidents where not necessarily people got hurt, but... Stupidity? Yeah, like just because one... Co I've had one where a bloke fell through a ceiling when I was in the roof yeah. um, and he was the homeowner. And I just it just came to my mind then and I just wondered if there's just something oh, something right. that sticks out, one story yeah. you could tell us briefly that oh, yeah. is absolutely ridiculous. I refer... So get, getting back to Swims JSCA and, and, and the training that comes with developing a document, you know, which is your task-based risk assessment, yeah, I often get a giggle from it to see the response when I say, right, okay, now we're going to risk assess the twit factor. And they will look at you and they go, what are you talking about? Well, we don't need alcohol and drugs because we've got that level of incompetence in us yeah. where our mind at times could be elsewhere, yeah. right? We could have, uh, yeah. yeah, we could have our mind elsewhere. The kids may have, uh, be causing issues, uh, may have, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ah, yeah, <laughs> you may have had a blue with your partner or whatever it may be, but your mind is consumed by, by other things. And, and this comes back to that uh, human aspect of, of who and what we are. Uh, and they'll just look at you, what are you talking about? And yes, I've seen some beauties with it and mm -hmm. we could sit here all day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. no, that might be a story for another day then. And then the stories that, uh, come from it to try and, uh, look to, it wasn't me. Yeah. Uh, it's like, uh, I didn't come down in the last year, but anyway. Yeah. 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 yeah no, it's, they're out there and, uh, it's. Once again, it's, that's just part and parcel of the human being. Is, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think we've, we've touched on it before, but just we're a plug for master builders. What, what do they have in place that members can kind of utilize in terms of safety, um, at the moment that's going to help them? Obviously you've come in and I'm we, sure you're a big help uh, to members. So. Yeah. I'm, as I said, I'm, I'm humbled by the, uh, being in this role and, and I, yeah, just can't wait to deliver for mm. both, uh, Will and Marissa uh, and all our members at master builders. The, the suite of documents that are on our website and, and as being a member with what's on offer, I've, I've reviewed and I've looked at it. I'm, I'm trying to find things that isn't there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. Because if I didn't do that, that's, I'm, yeah, you know, I'm yeah. forfeiting in my role. So, uh, but I can't find anything. Yeah. Everything is already there, you know, and so now how we look to, you know, deliver and manage that and basically, you know, give a service to, uh, our customers is, is, is paramount, you know, basically what we would do is, is, is not only be able to develop, guide your culture in the event of anything happening with a, a compliance issue around, uh, involving safe work, as I said, reporting that sort of stuff or notifications that may have been written on, on, on your business. Yeah. You know, we'll look at, uh, working side by side and, 
And if we don't know, we'll uh, ensure that I've, I've been in this game for you know, close to 20 years and a big part of it is networking. And, and mm. as I have, mm. uh, yeah. since meeting you guys, it's a, uh, and building this relationship moving forward. If, uh, if I'm unsure, I've got people in this industry that have been around for yeah, you know, oh. either, either a lot longer than what I have and, and have been doing it for a lot longer than what I have that, uh, I always reach out to that with safety, the beauty of it, it's a, uh, you're all working together yeah, and, that, and at the, at the end of the day, the common, the common goal with it all is to make sure that and no one wants to see anyone hurt. Yeah. Just everyone yeah. gets home Absolutely. safely. It's a and common it, goal. And, and it is, and uh, I've said it and I'll say it and you'll probably hear me say it again. It is the easiest game in the world to play yeah. mm. uh, and embrace it and then all of a sudden your workplace culture and everything builds from there. Yeah. And when you've got a flourishing work environment that, uh, uh, are just focused on delivering, getting their work done, uh, incorporating and accepting of all the safety stuff, because that acceptance is a big part because, uh, you don't want them to sort of do it for the sake of doing it. Mm-hmm. Right? They do it because they understand it. They do it because they want to do it. They do it because they're going to, uh, you want them to love it. Yep. And you just culture in it. How, how, how are we going to do that? You know, that, you know, it's all right for you to say that it's sitting in the safety world. Well, no, it's not. It's mm. easy. And mm. uh, you just got to know how to do it. And generally it's free and it's right here. Yeah. Big companies spend millions and billions on safety programs. Mm-hmm. It's free if you can do it. Yeah. That's and, great. That's great advice. Well, I think that's a good time to wrap it up, man. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on, Nathan. Thank you guys. Thanks really very much good. for the opportunity. Really appreciate no you taking the time out of your busy schedule. No worries um, at all. Please don't audit this, audit this workshop on the way out. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Thanks a lot, mate. All good. Cheers. Thanks, Cheers. Good luck. Thanks for tuning in to another Plumify podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, LinkedIn, and all the usual podcast platforms.